Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. This is an episode with Mark Hoyle, Red Sox Master Collector. Rich Klein was here, too, over Zoom. Mark's very knowledgeable and really enjoyed the interaction. And always fun with Rich as well. So thanks, sponsors. Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, ComC.com, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Heritage Auctions, Panini, Upper Deck, and Tops. So here it is, and thank you, Mark. You're a master Red Sox collector. There's a short list of teams that are really worthy of a life quest, and the Red Sox are obviously one of them. Are you getting to the end of your quest now? I'm getting close, and I'm glad you called it a master collector as opposed to a super collector, because I've actually shot that down when people call me that. I was born and raised a half hour from Fenway. The Red Sox were in everybody's blood when I was a kid. There was no other thought to collect another team. So I started in 69 collecting. Took a break here and there, never completely out of it, but it's been a continuous collection. My two boys collected, so I was hopped back in with them. I bought my first Beckett for my son when he was collecting, early 90s. And I'm getting close to completion, but I don't think I ever will get to completion. I'm still missing a handful of fairly obvious ones. I need the Ted Williams 39 Premium, which is probably top of the list. Don't look at me. I think I know somebody who has that. I know. There's a few other tough issues. I'm still looking for a card here or there. How are you defining your quest or delimiting it? Because if you collect everything Red Sox without regard to when, where, or how, especially the newer stuff, your job could never be done. No, it's not. So with the new stuff, I will collect flagship to the day I die. I do the complete set, which I buy at the end of the year, but I do a separate Red Sox set. And I do a few of the other ones, Heritage, Archives, Stadium Club. I'll buy the sock set of those. As far as the other stuff, I'm fine with just getting a card here or there. Bowman, Gypsy Queen. I don't want all those cards. I don't need 30 cards of Raphael Devers from 2023. I don't need all the parallels. I stick with the basics as far as the new stuff. Are you so, a boxer in terms of putting them in boxes? Or are you a plastic sheet guy? How are you organized? The, the new stuff's in a box because I don't care about it that much. I just want to have it at this point. I'll go back and probably stick it in a binder at some point. Half of my collection is in a box. Half of my collection is in a binder. One question for you on modern things. And I understand if you try to collect every Red Sox card issue nowadays from all the sets, it would be a lifetime quest just to do one year. But have you considered something like, I just want to get a card of each player. So if there's a first Bowman card, even if it's a prospect, just to get him into your collection or J.D. Martinez comes to the Red Sox this year. And if he's not in the early sets, we've got like an update card of him just to right. have a Red Sox card of everybody. I will do that just to get a present year card of a guy into my collection. A lot of times that's what Tops Now is good for. A call up will have a hit. They'll throw them on a card. I have it. I'll buy that. But I'm not worried about com completing every set, every card, every player for the new year. It's just not worth it to me. Just because they print a card in 10 colors, I'm not going to go collect all 10 colors. I really don't care. Rich, we've talked about Clint Adler and Neil Hoppenworth and some of the guys that before there was box breaking and case breaking for social media purposes and for the drama, there were guys that just quietly broke and made team sets. And it would seem team breaks. Most of the breakers don't care about the commons, but it seems like somebody like Mark, if there was a breaker, would set aside team sets of Red Sox 
in some of these newer products and made it simple and get somebody for the Yankees and somebody for the Pirates and somebody for the Reds and the Tigers and every team had somebody. Seemed like that. Would there be interest there or that some of the teams just don't have enough interest? There is guys who do that. And I do get some of my cards like that. I picked up some Bowman recently because it was a break and my buddy broke it and he gave me all the Red Sox cards. Most of the time I do buy all those team sets as sets from the secondary market. Either guys I know locally that are dealers or there's a few online that still do it. So that's my route on those. I don't open packs. One of the good things about Neil Hoppenworth back in the day, he had what he called the $100 club. And what it is, you would send him $100, and then he would send you all the cards of that team until you got to your $100, and then you could send him another $100 and get it. He'd say a team like the Kansas City Royals, it could take a whole year to use the $100, even in the (laughs) 90s when they were that bad, and you might have one or two cards per team for the KC Royals. And there weren't all those parallels either. I feel like if Fanatics is really going to try to increase the exposure of our hobby, regional sets and team-based sets and team-based marketing, especially with their relationship with the Players Association, putting out Red Sox-centric sets in the New England area would make a lot of sense. Tops does put out one that's in a separate little blister pack type thing. And my LCS has those. I'll walk in and I'll buy that. And I won't even open it. I just throw that in a box. I have a whole box of those just sitting there still in the package it's easy enough to pick up pick off you know team sets on ebay or local dealers that have them it's easy to do are those same front but slightly different back mainly the numbering the prefix just the prefix the numbering yeah occasionally they'll throw an extra card in there that has a different front on it i think they do that just to suck you in to buy it but that's the only difference really but you still have your challenges on the old cards they can't be the easiest things in the world to get at this point. You are pretty active going to the bigger shows in the Boston area. Right. How many items do you have to pick up at a show to feel that it's a successful show for you to have attended? I've been to shows before and then left with no cards in my hand. And I'm fine with it. We actually have a good group of guys around the area. We all get together and go to the show together. Most of the time, I have four or five cards in my head that I want to pick up. A lot of times I even have a deal made before I get there. I know the dealers that are going to be there. Some of the guys are nationwide guys. They'll have it on their site. I'll say, I want that. They'll pull it off and I just pay them cash when I get there. I usually have them worked out, but I don't have to walk out with a ton of cards. There's really not that many that I'm looking for that I know I'm going to find there. I just bought a 29 cash in red roughing last night, which met my set needs. I still need a couple from that. So if this still cards out there that I need. There's no end in sight. But you're not looking for volume, right? You're not 1 million Red Sox. If somebody had a monster box of Red Sox cards from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, would you consider that? Or are you just mainly knocking out things that you want? I'm just knocking out things I want. I have taken those in. And basically what I do is all my collecting friends in the area, I give those cards to their kids. So I pass them on that way. I get cards in the mail all the time, just as gifts. A lot of them I have. I'll just pass them on to somebody else or to kids. My grandson was playing Little League, and I would go to the games with packs of cards that I made for all the kids and pass them out. They used to love seeing his grandfather show up at the game, and I did that. If a kid gets a card from the 60s nowadays, 
that's an old card for them. <laughs> so yeah. that's what, that's if a kid gets a card from the nineties, it's a really old card for them. I'm not even into having piles of boxes of cards around my room. So there's no meat on the bone, pretty cut and dry what I collect. And I keep it at that. I'm all done doing sets. I worked on my last one a couple of years ago and I'm all done with those. It just seems like there's a point of diminishing returns, but I guess what's increasing is your relationships and your enjoyment of the people and understanding of the industry, but your want list has to be shrinking. There's an endless supply of team issue type stuff that I also collect. Those go back to the thirties and those are pretty hard to track down. I also collect anybody from new England that played baseball. Okay. So I collect Mickey Cochran. He was born a couple towns over from me. Skip Lockwood, guys like that. Wilbur Wood, Jim Hegan. They're all Massachusetts guys. So kind of to add that in just to keep going, collecting new things. I collect postcards of old ballparks all over New England, high school, college, old minor league stadiums. So there's other little pots of my collection that I can keep adding things to. No end. There is an end for each of the three of us, I think, and it's called Jeff. Oh, yes. Yeah. But your collection is so cohesive and interesting that you would think there would be interest, if not in your family, in somebody in the area or some entity or museum. Have you thought about that? Because it's I a have. shame to break it up because it's been lovingly assembled. I've thought of contacting the Red Sox, see if they might want a couple of things, even the Hall of Fame. I know a couple of guys who work there, the curators. They might want a card or two, but I don't know if anybody's going to want the whole thing. The Hall of Fame's not going to turn you down, I'm pretty sure. Oh, but it's going to go into the basement. It's, it's going to go, go into the basement. which I've been down there with Tom, too. It's They have an, a mountain of stuff. But it, I would like to pass it all on to somebody, but I don't know. My wife has a list of names. Some stuff will go to certain guys I know, and we'll see what happens to the rest. All I want is that Yaz bread label. <laughs> I'll send you a nice picture. Mark was listening when I was telling about how that was Tom Reed's Holy Grail, and he passed before he ever had one for sale. And Mark heard that on our podcast and promptly sent me a DM on Twitter. Here it is. And I think he had more than one. I had more than one at one time. There's also a placemat that goes with that and a bumper sticker. That's not the only bread label I have in my collection, though. I'm sure, because there were bread labels in the 50s of Red Sox players. Yeah, there's some tip-top ones, some Fisher bread. Johnny easy. Those might even be tougher. Rick, didn't I have a sausage or a hot dog wrapper of Yaz? Yes, you did. Yeah. A kielbasa one, probably. A kielbasa, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like from the late was, 70s, if I remember. Yeah, there's a couple different versions of that. Yeah. Because yes. we were pretty good about buying oddballs, and you and I both had a good eye for what we've never seen before. What we never see before and what price range was acceptable. If it was $1,000 or something I've never seen before, no, I'm not spending that money. But if it was $10, <laughs> yeah, just go do it. And more times than not, you and I were correct. It's not the same as the dollar box, but we're not looking in the showcases for these no. things. If it's in the showcase, it's add another zero or two. But if it's in a Mike Moser box, who knows? Mark, when you look at something, do you instinctively know if the price is right? Or do you have to sometimes just hope that your intuition works? If it's a card I've been looking for five, six years. There's no real comps on it. I just have to go by my gut. I've lost out on a great couple of great cars at a show because I balked at it. And I went back an hour later and they were gone. And you know, one of them hurt the rule, 
That's one of the rules I always tell people at the national compared to almost any other show. If it's something you really want and you think the price is reasonable and you've never seen it before, that's when you don't negotiate. You buy the car. Exactly. The card I lost out on, I'm still kicking myself for it. It's a 67 punch out of Yaz. Good car. Yeah. It's the only one I've seen in person and I lost it by two hours because I balked at it at first. Here's what's going on though. When you balked at it, then the next guy that came up to that dealer, Mark Hoyle is really interested in this. If you want it, you're going to have to pay right now and right. here's my new price. So it could have been used against you, Mark. I hate to think that. It's the possible. Fact that you were interested in it, legitimized it for that dealer, perhaps. And so I knew the dealer rich, pretty well. So. You, you got to pounce, even if it's a bad deal. Not a horribly bad deal, but yeah, you don't wait till Sunday for that stuff. No, I've overpaid before for that same exact reason because you're not going to find it again. But I get to spend that money on a lot of other things for that show. There are plenty of cards out there, and it's a good thing you have a well rounded collection of all sorts of things, including just the Red Sox with local players. And there should be no show, unless it's a very small show, that you should never not buy something at that show, even right. if it's a $1 card, just to say I bought something. A lot of times that's what happens. I buy a lot of TCMA stuff. I have a ton of sets of TCMA cards, which I started collecting about five or six years ago. And that's been fun too. One of my lifelong quests has always been to catalog TCMA stuff because they never did it themselves. They don't have it. I'm friends with Andrew, Mike's son, and they don't even know. Mark, what you're doing is wonderful. And if Fanatics has their way and the hobby is more prominent in the public eye, the Red Sox really should be interested in your collection. 